Welcome to Spaghetti Launchers, a world-building podcast where we throw spaghetti at the wall and it's up to you what sticks. Each episode, we go in-depth on a single element of fictional worlds, breaking it down and developing unique examples live on the fly to give you ideas you can copy, steal, or be inspired by. Whether you're a writer, a GM, or an all-around nerd goblin, nerd goblin, just looking to indulge your imagination, we've got you covered. I'm Kyle. And I'm Ethan. On this episode, we'll be discussing spies. Is that the, is that the noise spies make? When they it, enter is, a room? it is now. Yeah. Okay. That's the soundtrack to the the Bourne movies going forward. Um, yes. Exactly. I feel like Jason. I hope Matt. I hope Matt Damon's paying attention. I doubt he's an it. avid listener. Oh, absolutely. Hundred um, percent. I think the Bourne version of a spy is Bourne Bond. That kind of spy, the like very action packed spy, yeah, is the least interesting to me because it's almost. I mean, you're just an action hero. You're not really Correct. a spy. You go to like the george smiley um from tinker taylor soldier spy mm. you go that direction you get more like more like proper spy yeah uh, i work very diligently and slowly you get uh like the americans you mm-hmm. get like the the dead drops in like under a bench like that spy that's what i think of as like spy spy you know where cover matters and you yeah. are not you know like there's the whole genre of spy fi <laughs> you know, which James Bond sort of falls into, where it's like all about the gadgets and the technology. It's like, no, spy work is actually probably really boring to what from a like entertainment perspective, yeah. unless you like that high tension, high stakes yeah. sort of thing. I mean, the, the Departed actually did a pretty good job of explaining a spy. You know, if you think of yeah, the, it's a mole. It's a mole, right? A mole like, is a great version of a spy. Like a spy doesn't have to be a government agent. No, not well, at I all. Well, I guess in this situation, they were undercover cops. Undercover an, cops are spies. They are spies, absolutely. But it's the spy. You're not there to necessarily assassinate. You're not there to kill. You are there to gather information. You're there explicitly to just be there. Just exist and learn what you can and gather information and report it back. That's it. Maybe you, depending on how deep you get into your cover, you can accomplish a goal. You can change things. You can, you know, Skyrim style, alter a ledger here and there. But it's a, it's a very, the idea of a spy guild is very interesting because it's inherently isolationist as a profession. You have to be able to work alone or maybe with one other partner. Yeah. And two... If you're just a spy network with no tie to any government or larger party than you, like, what are your goals? Are you just training people and sending them out into the world? Are you are you just a professional development center, <laughs> just like picking up kids, you know, and training them? Um, it's it's you know, when if we're thinking about a guild that explicitly spies, what you could very quickly, if you're not careful, become the biggest target in your fictional world because you would have everybody's secrets well spies are supposed to be secretive so hopefully you don't become a target because hopefully you're unknown um i've got some noodles on that on that idea and we'll get we'll get quickly into it everyone knows the the basics of spies let's let's try and make it fresh absolutely um so i have this idea of kind of what you're talking about like non-governmental spies like corporate spies are a common thing i like the idea of a newspaper a mm. a journalistic practice probably a newspaper and i think probably more like a tabloid and in, in, in a world where you where you have print journalism or whatever mm. journalism you want but where tabloids are do exist and there is like a a sect of the people who work at the newspaper who are like underground 
they they come off as like tabloid paparazzi, but they're yeah. actually spies who who go really deep to get information about everybody and everybody. That's cool. And like they use the cover of we are these annoying gossip columnists or whatever, but we are going deeper than that. And so people like they're selling tabloids to yeah. the, the general public. Black market information dealing is where they really make their money. They're selling That's it to like really rich cool, families. Sure. They're saying we can go annoy your rival like merchant clan uh-huh. by being paparazzi. But really, like that's happening on the outside. But one of our people has like infiltrated the organization and is spying on it from from that perspective. Or they can use, you know, interrupt somebody at a at a restaurant or a, a play or whatever, and grab something out of their bag. They do like sleight of hand and like steal from them. Take the paparazzi thing is perfect cover for gathering information. Well, and it gives it's an interesting tie into real world. If you think about Putin, for example, as a real world example of this, like the idea of using disinformation to cover up real information and real events, that's a very interesting way to kind of get at spying. It's like, what's true, what's not, we don't know. And when everyone else is distracted in that chaos and under pressure, we can actually discover what's real because no one you have built in not just disinformation, but but distraction. Yeah, I mean, if you look at real world events of the past uh, six years of the real the rise of misinformation and disinformation, it's a lot of interesting examples of what spying and counter spying can look like. It feels a little too close to home. It makes it me does. a little too sad <laughs> <laughs> about like the social media uh, misinformation ruining yeah. society. But um, so it's not really my cup of tea. But yeah, there's a ton that you could do with that. Because you could do, especially if you are in a world where things are, like, depending on how the world's set up. So I'm imagining a world where there is grave danger outside of civilized zones. Mm-hmm. So say it's like, uh, this is our encampment. This is where people have to, this is the last city. This is where we all live. You can't go beyond these walls or else you will die. And everyone agrees that, yeah, you will die if you go outside that. Yep. Then you you create a vacuum of information because nobody is physically able to leave the, the space that they're in. So you could you could have a mm. lot of misinformation coming from outside. That's and, cool. And you could have like you can really like if information flows are control and like because state media is an obvious one in real world. But what if think of when you're thinking of other examples of how you control the flow of information? I think it becomes people are unable to go anywhere like or they're trapped physically. So then yeah. the it's the ability- Simpsons movie you're trapped in the dome. Yeah, like yeah, like under the dome. Where do you get your information? You don't. You get it from you get it from who's ever in charge, or whoever oversees from, the dome. Yeah, or you could, <laughs> or or you have like a um. There's like so say you have that scenario and you have like a scouting organization. There's like these scouts who they are famed adventurers who go beyond to look and find information and relics and uncover the past mm. in this apocalyptic scenario. But they are actually all in league with each other and they are giving misinformation. And in reality, they are spies operating for a a larger government or entity that exists outside the walls of this last city. Oh, that's cool. And and, and which doesn't want these people within the city to even know. They're, They're basically making it into a prison. Yeah. They're stay there. We control all the resources in between us and you. We don't want to bother conquering you because we can just do it with seven guys or, you know, 
who tell you that it's all radioactive outside. Yeah. And, and that's enough. And, 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 or it's probably more than seven, but like, if there's sure. like, like, you can pay 50 people on the payroll to go, to go lie and trick these people, or you could deploy an army and spend a lot more money. Uh, but really, you can just keep them trapped in and, like, say there's, like, they're near a mountain range, so it's crossing over those mountains, then they would see. So it's not even that much land. It's just, yeah. like, a little coastal strip where you just kind of, like, stay there. It's unsafe. And the scouts, the scouts, quote, unquote, are just spies for an alternate uh, an alternate reality, essentially. Basically. Well, and they're keeping tabs and, and reporting information from inside the dome back to the people outside. Yeah. So that they can know more on how to keep them subjugated. How yeah. to keep them firmly under the dome. Yeah. And I think at a certain point, they would just be like, yeah, there's nothing beyond. We're stuck. And then you get into, but you get into the question for any spy network of like, eventually, like information is, is their main goal. Right. But eventually violence does come into the picture depending on well, the sometimes scenario. Sometimes things go wrong. Yeah. Or sometimes you're like, we have to keep their people quiet. Mm-hmm. One guy inside the dome has inside the last city has figured out our ploy and, or is really suspicious and is starting to like recruit other partisans. Mm. He needs to have an accident. When conspiracy theorists are, are right, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Conspiracy theorists are not always wrong. No, um, I, 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 that's one of my favorite tropes and I know we're all about trying to make things fresh, but one of my favorite tropes is when a conspiracy theorist turns out to be right. Yeah. Like, I love that in, I think it was 2012, when uh, Woody Harrelson's character ends up being, you, you haven't seen it, but when uh, Woody Harrelson's character ends up being right about the end of the world coming. Yeah. And he's just so excited to get hit by that meteor. Like, that's a great moment. That's hilarious. It's funny. 2012 was a weird, that was a weird, I I, I think I was in high school at the time, and I was like, yeah, that might be real. <laughs> uh, it's possible. Yeah, conspiracy theories, like, can get their claws in people. And, I mean, we're now getting off of spies, but conspiracy theorists being right about, like... They're being spies. They're networks. being spies or spies having to deal with conspiracy theorists who are getting credibility. If you are a good spy, you're probably going to do everything you can to make a conspiracy theorist so discredited and but keep them alive because you want them to be like so unreliable. Everyone's like, well, of course there's nothing beyond beyond these walls. Right. This idiot over here is just speaking gibberish. Right? He's crazy. He's yeah, like he's absolutely like off his rocker. Like you want to you want to raise up the most incredible people or uncredible people. Yeah. Um, so that they are who people look to to like as the the. The proponents of an argument and you go that's 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 completely made up look at that guy i love the idea that you've sort of stumbled into of a spy network that thrives just as much on misinformation or disinformation as yeah. they do on gathering information yeah. where you sort of need I think that was to... your idea i i didn't stumble into it i just i i, I added on to yours i'll take credit for it yeah Thank i you. just put sauce on your noodles <laughs> um but i think that's a really i think that's a really funny way like effectively you you've created a spy guild that has a pr firm where they're basically like there does need to be some sort of publicly facing element of it where instead we're not just operating in the shadows uh-huh. where you you do have those people that are out you know and they're taking little pictures on their eyeglass cameras and things like that or they're listening in shadows mm-hmm. 
But you also have people that are out there like the paparazzi that are there to deliberately distract. Yeah. That they are not spies. They are part of the spy network. They are part of the spy guild, but they are creating the enabling environment so that the spies can really do their job and avoid avoid detection. Yeah. And I think when we think about spies, we always think about things, you know, like, again, the James Bond, the Bourne, like, it's always about the secret clandestine groups who are just about killing people. No one's really talking about distraction and chaos and yeah. gumming things up in the same way. Like, uh, if you look at U.S. history, look at the CIA during the Cold War. Yeah. A lot of distractions, a lot of political distractions. There's yep. a reason people mistrust a lot of elements of the U.S. government in other parts of the world because, like, any part of the U.S. government, they're, they're all CIA plants, man. Mm-hmm. And you're like, some of that is based off of actual credible historical fact. And some of that is just like a, a hangover from that. And it's not the case. It's people who are doing other things. But there is a history of, yeah, you you want to, it's any any uh, street magician is going to distract you with one hand and then yep. do the trick with the other. Totally. Like, spies are doing that. Like, oh, usually. But then you're going to like, but then you look at like a more traditional spy who is like gathering information and they are... Um, a mole like mm-hmm. i'm thinking of you know, andor yeah recently absolutely. watched like they have master great... class in everything in everything it's great for it's everything. just shameless plug for andor go watch it yeah like and they stop out... this podcast and go watch it and then come back and no, finish the episode well, this isn't that much longer the andor is about 10 hours so fine maybe finish this and then go watch it right. but i think most people probably watch andor at this point because it's really good but it, and they world build everything in star wars so well but they do a great job of showing that the rebellion had a significant amount of spying going on to get itself into a position that it could do what it what it needed to do mm-hmm. and i love the idea of the spy who is like the two personality like luthan is two personalities of yeah. like hardened like like uh, sociopath effectively yeah he is a sociopath and like by choice he made himself a sociopath and and, and like his his monologue at the end of like i'm giving up everything for this like yeah. he, like because he he has to because he has to be so deep in it and then you go to his actual spying personality and he's like this eccentric antique stealer yeah who's like just like a the polar opposite and it's when you have like spies and i mean this with love are not the most well-adjusted normal life-seeking individuals you don't become a spy and give up an ability to have a normal life you do that for a reason and mm-hmm. usually because you you're don't able have... to do that for a reason yeah maybe you... you want to do it but you can't yeah because you're you like the quiet life you want to be able to go home and see or, your family or you have family that you really care for it's right. it's rare that you would have like a spy network built of people who are family men or family women like yeah that's rare but that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So what if you, you have a spy network that is t- entirely consisting of like, I'm going to say like loving grandparents. It's like uh, they are because people often ignore the older mm-hmm. people. Like the elderly can do, they can like, the, I think I've seen it in movies or TV shows or I, I've heard the joke of like, if you're an old person, you can kind of get away with whatever because no mm-hmm. one's really paying attention to you. There's a whole Seinfeld episode about it. Yeah. Like, because I, I, it, and because it's just a reality. Yeah. That older people can kind of just skate by because a lot of younger people are ignoring them. Right. Just that confused. Yeah. What year is it? I don't know. I didn't mean to stumble into your secret archive room. Yeah. Like, if you know, and oh, you're like, oh, it's just like a loving grandpa. He's just like telling stories to all the kids in, in at, at the library. But really, he's there 
monitoring the library to see who goes and reads specific books because he's monitoring thought or whatever and it's like we got to find out who's like a partisan for the enemy state and if they like and they all come to read this one manifesto so i'm gonna be at the library all day and i'll pretend to be reading to yeah. the kids everyone be like oh he's just like a loving grandpa who's just reading yeah. the kids he's like no he's a spy he's a spy he's a spy for somebody or you know or like you can just do the old doting uh like oh i'm just forgetful i don't know how mm. i ended up here or like i i I think it was really well done. Like if you watch the Oceans movies, they do a great mm-hmm. job of showing like different versions of cover. Yeah. And they have um, Carl Reiner's character. I forget his name. I know. He was my favorite. He's so good. He's Carl Reiner. He's great. He, he's great. He has like a moment where he just like pretends to be super ill because he's an old man. And he like starts falling. Yeah. And it's like perfect distraction. He's the old guy falling over. Yep. Or it's like um, – like, how many times have you seen a movie where the beautiful woman pretends yeah. to faint or whatever to, like, distract everybody? I think that happened in 21, also a Vegas-based uh, heist movie. Yep. Uh, there's happened a- in that. Happened in uh, The Hangover, too. Also oh, no, it was Vegas. Hangover. I was, was thinking of The yeah, Hangover. Heather, Heather Graham, yeah. Yeah, Heather Graham did it. The distraction of, like, the the innocence element of a sp- – like, spies are not all, like, back to the Luthan, like, hardened yeah. versus, like, the soft, lovable person is, like – if you're going to be a spy, you're probably going to have a perfect cover that is, like, innocent mm-hmm. and so charismatic and lovely, even if you're, like, deep down a sociopath. But you can turn it on. Absolutely. To distract. Well, it's a, it's a cool idea that, you know, again, if we're breaking that model of spies being working in the shadows, the D&D rogue as the only option for being a spy, right? Here's, a, here's some noodles for you. Okay. A spy network where there's a place for everyone. Where there's a place for grandparents, for for moms and dads and and baseball players, and everyone is part of this, basically a secret society at this point, that is embedding itself throughout the world and into different structures trying to achieve its own goals. You know, we're we're bordering on Masons here, right? Like, or the conspiracy theory behind Masons, where we're all out there trying to achieve our own goals, and everyone's sort of operating in plain sight. And there's some strength to that because you're you're invisible then. And are you the spy yourself or are you creating space for the spy to sneak in? But then are we just talking about a secret society and not a spy network? What's the difference? I guess it would be a secret society is one where the ulterior motives are not information-based. They're more power spies are more what interested is information in, not power depends on the on the context True. i think that like it, it's a blurry line yeah but i can see where, where you're getting at i think like the scale of a spy network would, would be important like if it's too big True. you are basically asking to fail because you have a lot of yeah loose ends and like you need to keep it compact enough that it can continue to exist in the shadows because yeah. the second it's revealed and people know enough about it it's going to either go to ground because right. it, it needs to cool off right. or it will be undone mm, that's fair yeah there are no there that bowl's empty one interesting area that i do want to hit on though is which is just as a trope that i love mm-hmm. before i do actually have some noodles here is i love varus and game of thrones and his little birds of just mm. the little street urchins that are everywhere yeah. watching where so good it's so good and i think it the the, the idea then is that There is not one individual spy. The strength of a spy network, and this leads into my noodles, the strength of a spy network is that it's everywhere. Where 
the spy is not one person. We always fixate on James Bond or or uh, Jason Bourne as like the spy. They're in, they're assassinating, they're gathering information. But what if the environment was a spy network? Ooh. We've talked about before about, you know, like magical resources. Yeah. And what if somebody, let's say there's, here, here's some noodles. You've got a country in your world that has discovered a vein of a magical material underground that is basically raw seeing stone. And instead of just making magical seeing stones, you know what they go into? They go into art. Mm. And they start using this. Make sculptures. Make they, sculptures. You, and you buy sculptures? Rich people. Rich people. The people you probably are spying on. What if it's beautiful material and you can go and you can actually build houses and buildings out of this material? But where, nobody knows that what it is. Exactly. The, they found it in secret. They're, it, it, it is... Uh, for all of its flaws, it's Rings of Power Mithril, where Completely. they're like, like, oh, this is a secret project. Like, nobody knows. Like, we are just mining it as quietly as possible. We don't want anyone to know because if, if people know, they're going to take it. Exactly. And then you just start, like, incorporating it into the market a little bit. Bit and by you're like, bit. Yeah. Bit by and, bit. Or you're just like, oh, all of a sudden there's, like, a new art, like new artist in town. Yeah. Who's, like, really, like, showing everybody up. And you just, like, literally... In bring in the best artists in the city mm -hmm. into your circle and just say we will pay you whatever you want you can live like a king all you have to do is make art out of this stone but you don't even need to tell them that it's this that oh. it's a spy stone so what if yeah, you're yeah. what if there's effectively a spy who didn't know they were a spy that's common you that's like, very common but it's a cool idea of doing it like you're doing it just through this material yeah there you've got this sculptor who's building these incredible pieces of art and imagine you have one installed in in Tim Cook's office. Okay, yeah. Like, and he, you're just there listening. And it's not even a big, it couldn't, it doesn't even have to be a country. It could be a small family that discovered this this vein on their property. Yeah. And they had one sociopathic kid who or, was really bored and decided to start spying on everybody. Or they used it for like, we will use this as a way to, to gain power and to gain money we will start selling this stuff mm -hmm. to people and then we will like be shrewd with our money we'll we'll invest we will sell people's secrets to yep. the highest bidder and then they get out of poverty or whatever yep i i, I love I, this idea of like mundane spies coupled with the idea of like a spy not being a person but a spy being an environment yeah where again getting back to that conspiracy theorist you ha are very justified to be paranoid that yeah. you're being watched at all times. Yeah, I, I think I I have new noodles, but I also want to, or similar noodles, but I also want to put like a little bit of cheese on top of that yeah, one, yeah. which is that like I love the idea of you, um, whatever the governmental setup is, if you have an emperor or a king, is that you make the crown jewels that yeah. they wear on their head, yeah, and or like that they have like a scepter or whatever. You basically plant something in the head of states world mm -hmm. and so you constantly have a spy on the head of state Always. and and who's going to suspect that the stones right are or like the like the wall itself right is you know bugged is Beca bugged. because you're always the idea of things being bugged is very common yeah but what if you're looking for something that you can't remove where it really is just the building itself yeah and and let's call it let's call it a a how about we call it a um, I think seeing stone was good seeing stone or or a true mirror 
Something mm. like that. No, that's that. There's no bowls there. They're, yeah. they're, that bowl's empty. But we'll, we'll come up with a better name. But I think that's a cool idea. All right. So my other noodles on on this is I like the idea of the environment being a spy. Uh, you have a druidic order who, oh, who, who yeah. uses plants. Totally. You, they just use the grass. If you're literally on grass, they can they can talk to the grass or they can mm-hmm. they can visualize what you're doing. Every tree, every house plant maybe not house plants, maybe isolated plants are fine but if it's all connected to the larger ecosystem they can spy through it yeah and i don't think there's, cool. there's not much more to say on that i just mm-hmm. it's the same basic principle of like you can spy through the environment and that's pretty messed up yep. it's like you can get a lot done by spying through the environment especially when people normally think of druids as either eccentric or wise and all-knowing and maybe that you know very not necessarily innocent but a little bit detached from reality but what if that's all just a facade and they are so wise and all-knowing only because they know what's happening at any point in time because there's grass and trees everywhere so it's all just one big lie one big show that they're putting on that's an interesting trope subversion for a druid or for a natural nature wielder um that's good yeah you know like that that's that's kind of where they're very nefarious and and very tricky but no one would ever think of them for that yeah um and then you also have the option for very you know like the harry potter world rita skeeter literally bugging people by turning into a beetle and listening into them when no one noticed she was she was so annoying that was she but she's a great character but she's a great spy like i mean going back to your original uh, original idea of a Uh, journalist network a a tabloid uh journalist yeah Yeah, exactly tabloid quote-unquote journalist yeah uh gossip columnist um a a a new noodles entirely and this is an idea that i think i've talked about this i've talked about this with you before Hmm. but i am obsessed with the idea of a translator spy Mm -hmm. the spy that is intentionally mistranslating so they oh that's cool so they are subtly manipulating diplomacy for two so they can and like all right so you say you have three separate states spy what we're gonna call him what what are we gonna call him alistair good alistair is a is a member of or he is a, a citizen of state one he is then deployed as a spy but he really just somehow gets a job he he knows a bunch of languages he's uh kind of like ingratiates himself he's very charming gets into the inner circle in state two and then uh d- disposes however means necessary discredits like um mm-hmm. like scandalizes the the court translator there takes the job himself and then mistranslates all interactions between state two and state three that's because really they're trying and like but subtle not obvious you need to make it so that like or like just tonal shifts yes like it, it needs to be so slow you think back to uh how in world war ii we cracked the germans codes but uh-huh. didn't want to reveal it because we, we needed we didn't want them to change the codes we needed all the information it's the same thing of like you can't always mess with it. You got to mess with it at the right time because you can't let anybody g- catch on right. that you are doing this incorrectly. Right. So and, and you can have a whole and if you kind of broaden that out to like a larger world, you could have an entire network of um, translators. Like think about like in The Witcher, they have like the circle of the um, the witches or whatever they're called in the in the world. Um, I like, believe you. I don't remember. But like like it's so like Yennefer and Triss and yes, like yes, uh, yes, Kira yes. and all them. Like they mm-hmm. are all deployed to in, like. Every court in the continent has one of these 
mages yeah or like the court. or like the Bene Gesserit from from Doom. yeah like they are they're in the courts of power and because they are considered to be such like an important element of like they know so much they are wise they are magical they have to like they are they have bought their way into every single court in the land now you have a you can have a court that is um you could have these people who are they speak every single language known yeah. known like through magic they can they can understand literally every language and they are deployed to every single court and they are just trusted as like these are the translators like they they are so good at what they do they have to be everywhere and then they are just so subtle over it, like over a longer period of time to make sure that they keep everybody at war or whatever like to do whatever their ulterior motive is but they are constantly just subtly mistranslating I'm going to throw some sauce on those noodles. Okay. What if they are not trusted? What if over time, yeah, bear with me, they have become such a status symbol that you willingly invite them into your court because it is the highest example. It's like having a Bugatti, <laughs> right? Where you're like, yeah, yeah. I know that they're part of this secret society. I know this. But they are such a status symbol in this world that I'm going to invite them in anyway. Yeah. And deal with that threat. Like, the, Ooh, the idea of I a like that. dumb, flashy king who knows that he's putting things at risk. Or the queen that knows that she is willingly exposing state secrets, but she needs to establish herself in such a way so she invites one of these translators yeah yeah that's that's excellent because they're like they're so expensive or they're so classy for whatever reason like there's a there's a historical tradition to them it's um brilliant it's like why people hire hire harvard grads right exactly like you're like well I mean, Harvard's great, well, Harvard's great school, but like it's it, also its own secret society. They literally have secret societies on campus. Yeah, it's like they're not secret. Like, but you know what I mean? Yeah, but like you, you want to have people who have the credentials in your in your inner circle that you can you can be like braggadocious about. There's the prestige. Yeah, and so you're yeah. I like the idea of it's a risk calculation that you take because like that queen could be like I am in a weak position mm-hmm. domestically or with the, there are factions who want who want to take me down and they think of me as a, a newbie i'm i am a fresh face i need to assert that i am i am like a prestigious play with all the the big kids on campus like i can i can play ball i need to hire the translators what are we going to call the translators in this situation all speakers the all speakers that's good we, we are going to bring in the all speakers to yeah to assert a little bit of control did we just reverse engineer McKinsey? <laughs> did maybe. we just create fantasy consulting firms? <laughs> maybe. Um, maybe. But I think from a different angle, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. That, but, but even but break that trend again, if we're breaking the mold of like the spy network as the secret shadowy again, the idea of the spy network that operates in public. We, there have been so many reports on McKinsey and all these other big four consulting firms that, like, these are these secret shadow organizations that are running the world and destabilizing entire corporations and governments, and nobody does anything about it. Yeah. We still send our best, you know, best and brightest to work for them. It is a sign of prestige. Yeah. Like, that's that's a very that's what's cool. Also, what's also because they pay a lot. Uh, they pay, but a, but ton. if you can, but again, you're still a spy network operating in public. Yeah, well, and I I think that gets a, to the point of if you're embedded everywhere, it's hard to remove you as a part of society because the person making the decision to remove you 
has you within their ranks. When people talk about like political reform, it's like good luck convincing the politicians who are who don't want term limits to in- impose term limits on themselves. Correct. Like you're not going to convince the. It's going to be really hard if the all speakers have slowly built up this this network to then have them removed or to because say you then you're like okay we will get our own independent translator mm-hmm. all those translators are like y- y- you could just say every single person who le- learns a lot of languages is immediately brought to the all speakers they all whether they, they, they want to or not or, 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 or they do the mckinsey thing where they're just like we will pay you three hundred thousand dollars and you're 20 mm-hmm. like we will we will give you so much money you can't refuse right or they are they're a spine fork Mm-hmm. They just remove you from the equation entirely. Mm-hmm. Like they are doing everything they can to be the controllers of language. Be like, yeah. We are we, we are the only people who are allowed to be this cross-cultural thing. And we and I don't know what their agenda is. Maybe nobody does. Everyone just knows that they are manipulating and stealing information for their own shadowy purpose. Yep. Uh whatever that may be. Absolutely. This is a D&D character I've had for a long time. Uh, no. Yeah, no way. Shocking. Yeah, a bard. Uh, oh. The Whispers Bard. Whispers no. Bards are great. Oh, they are. Uh, They're amazing. Yeah, but... Need some mechanical tweaks, but that'll be another episode. Right? <laughs> um, I, I think we might be at the end of we that might ball. Be at, we, might be at, we might be at the end there. That, that's I'm a good I'm just trying ball. to think of other common tropes, psychics that control people, controlling people through technology. Like, again, that, un, that you don't think... know you're a spy. That's a little bit done. Yeah. You don't know you're a spy is not overdone because I think it's just really good. I mm. think I like that trope. I think it works well. I think, but it know, is still a trope. Yeah, I think like a dead drop spy, very Cold War esque spy yeah. with like the weird gadgets and stuff. I think that's a little done, but it's not like done in like spec fic very often. Like sci fi, you open up a thousand different avenues for yeah. spying because you just have technology that's indis- indistinguishable from magic, and yep. people become reliant on technology. So spying on them through it is very easy and very commonplace. We all do it voluntarily. Yeah, every single day. My phone is sitting right next to me. It's and literally it's pro- facing me and recording us right Probably. now. Probably. I mean, I, we're recording. No, it is. I have Siri on, which means she's listening. Oh, that's true. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's just a fact. Yeah, like, explore the, like, the whole, like, Amazon was recording everybody through Alexa's, uh, you know, like, there's so much. Fun fact, that was actually a big area of concern at the beginning of the pandemic because of how many people had Alexa's in their home. And if they started working from home, was Amazon getting other people's corporate information and corporate secrets? fascinating actually yep. that's really there cool. were there were some legitimate concerns i don't think it went anywhere but there were some legitimate concerns about that all right do you want to try to let's try to explore cyberpunk corporations and spies because that's like corporate spying i think is phenomenal i think it's so fascinating yeah because it does exist They're like it's like the first uh i think like corporate spy was standard oil in like the early 1900s they were oh, like okay. they were like there was like a whole thing or no it was um this was a Matt Colville video. He was talking about there was a there was a corporate spy for Standard Oil that was on a, a a ship with a bunch of German sailors, and the German sailors were like being getting excited about going to war and having uh, World War One, and it was like this corporate spy going to Saudi Arabia to spy uh, for Standard Oil. Oh, um, that's cool. So like corporate spies spying on the state is a really common thing, and you can apply that in any situation because you can remove the word corporate and just say it's a private sector spy. It could be. It could be a mining guild. It could be a, a trading guild. It could be the sailors. It could be um, fishermen. It could be... I've got some noodles for whatever. you. Whatever. Let's go. The innkeepers. Oh, yeah. Great. You get people in. Enough think, said think about your character. Like, think about your character, Owen. He's out there. He's oh, yeah. out there trying to gather stories. It's literally, 
who knows Wait, what it's form. literally built into Eberron. It is. Uh, the the D&D setting Eberron has like the halfling clan or family or whatever dynasty house. They're called yeah. houses there. Yeah. They are literally spies. They call, they're information brokers yeah. and, and they are the hospitality industry. Because of course, like, who who doesn't go to a you bar? Literally and talk get to people them. drunk and get their secrets out of them. Yeah, like and make money while you're doing it. Yeah, there's so much material there uh, that is uh, not copyrighted by wizards. No, uh, no, but also just yeah, like you can expand upon that of like like because there's always like there's a spy network of like brothels. Prostitutes are excellent yep. spies or musicians, actors, actresses, anyone who is. Ooh yeah, any you know I mean, and think about um. Inglorious Bastards, when you had that actress oh, who was yeah. working, who was wor- the German actress who was working for the Allies. Like, that's a very cool, that element of you, this person is out there. Again, the public spy. Yeah, or like. Who um, uses their fame to get anywhere. Because it's all about access. So you've got the old people who go completely ignored. Or you've got the people that can actually just walk create in everywhere. the environment. Like the innkeepers create the environment where people will give them all of their information. Or you've got the people who are public and are so well-known that they can just walk everywhere and no one will stop them. If Lady Gaga tried to come in, you'd be like, yeah, sure, come on in. You want to hang out? I think I'd be really confused. I'd be confused, but you wouldn't necessarily say no. No, I wouldn't. She seems like an interesting person. Yeah. Uh, I... I like the like the Inglorious Passage example. I like the idea of um, the movie theater owner, whatever. And she was a great character, but I like the idea of the owner of an establishment that is not necessarily hospitality oriented, but it has uh, an element where you would. And I, I I can't think of a great example other than maybe like fine dining. I don't know, but like like servants and spies gallery where yeah where, with magical paint that absorbs. The information that people talk about around it. Like, or again, you, that I, I love. I, I keep coming back to this idea of an artist using materials yeah. that spy on people. Okay, the, that inv- where the environment is the spy. Okay, so building on a trope, I want to go back to the dead drops. Okay, so you have dead drops. You know, I'm thinking of like people doing it at the like under the bench or whatever uh-huh. or in a trash can. You have a janitor who is a third party <laughs> spy who like literally they know where the dead drops are occurring. They always get it like can copy it and then put it back so they they either work for like the parks department and they're walking around these parks just like maintaining it or they're a janitor inside like you know say you have like the behind the toilet uh the godfather like Uh in the toilet uh pot you are just you you are the janitor at the restaurant you just go in there you're like well i'm just cleaning the bathroom and you're you're checking in the back of of the toilet to find whatever's there there's so many professions in any world that can go unseen yeah in in our world there's so many people that you you never take a second to go oh like what are they doing because they become background characters and Mm -hmm. their their stories are almost always really fascinating but you just you you glaze over so many people in, in in the world because there's too many people so especially if you're in a highly populated society, like if you're in like a massive major city or something, mm-hmm. then you would have tons of people who could go completely unnoticed. Whether it's like you go back to the little birds, you go to the old people, my favorite. you go to, but then you can also just go to professions. So mm-hmm. like janitors. Street sweepers. Street sweepers. We, we, had, we had just yesterday, we had um, the pest control guy come in and spray our apartment. Really nice guy. What if there were nanites in the spray? What if what if what if the, the the garbage men are looking through everybody's trash? Yeah, they they put it all in the truck. The truck the truck does not squash it. Nope. They take it somewhere else and they search through all the trash. There are so many variations on looking through 
I want to go back to um and and before we go back there but just I love the idea of of the fear being again if spies are everywhere what information are you voluntarily giving away yeah. unknowingly I, it's just, it just it, like the cases for paranoia are stacking up so I want to move away from voluntary to mm. forceful Oh, okay. and uh, involuntary information surrendering, and I'm thinking of um, the brothels. And, and got me onto um, in Mass Effect the Arakyakshi, which you have not gotten to because you haven't gotten, gotten that far enough in the games. But no, uh, a prominent part of the second game is these the idea of these uh, Arakyakshi, which are like um, Asari, who uh, they are. They're, they're very rare. It's like a rare genetic disorder i would say like it's mm. like a it's like a problem and they like, like try an x-men mutation kind of it's thing? like a mutation that okay. like they are like master seductresses who can like seduce you like magically essentially and then they kill you by having sex with you like you just die huh. and a lot of them do isolate themselves forcefully they, they they go and like live in conclaves to prevent damaging society sure uh, and some are left to roam free and they're like hunted down and so one of the characters is hunting down an Arigachi, like to stop her from killing people. And yeah. but, and so like, but the idea of like the seductress who then forces you to say whatever information you have and then kills you. And you just like, you can, and if you have a big enough like civilization where like, especially in like a sci-fi universe where like, mm. you can just go to another planet, those types of spies could exist and survive for a long time of like, go to a completely new planet, find somebody who's really key there. Mm-hmm. Work their way in. And if you are, like, able to magically and masterfully seduce them, not really, like, there's a whole lot of obstacles that could stop you. Because you could probably just seduce everybody on the way, take them all out. And then, because you don't care about the ramifications, you just bounce. And you've got the information. It gives, it creates a really interesting opportunity for xenophobia and persecution as elements of your world. Yeah. Because everyone mistrusts everyone sorry because they don't want... Because the king was once seduced by an Asari witch or whatever they want to say. Yeah. Very, so, I mean, so it's very gendered too. Like, d- depending, because you you, well, you could, could, you could it make it a male or a female. It could, yeah. be, it could be anything. The like, Asari I mean, are only female, so that's why they're like got it. in that situation. But but it could be it could be anything. Like I mean, and just suddenly it creates a sense of we don't know who any of these people are. We can only trust our own. Yeah, it's because spy networks are not are, are stories about really just stories about paranoia. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. And are you paranoid enough or not? Yeah. That's it. Like, can, are you suspicious enough? Are you on top of your shit enough that you are keeping a direct eye for all the potential? Are you voluntarily giving information away? Are you thoroughly checking your environment to see if anyone or anything yeah. is listening to you at yeah. all times? That's what spy stories are about. So when you're thinking about it from your world, are people who is going to very likely be aware and suspicious enough? to be watching out for this stuff and how can your spy network move around it? I think that's like, what are the cultural and personal assumptions of people and how do you navigate those to get yeah. access to the information that you need? That's the question that we're, we're really circling here. Are we? I don't know. You brought to mind uh, counterintelligence mm-hmm. and the counterspying. Like that's a real element of it is mm-hmm. you need... Oppo research. Like as paranoia is spiking, you know, you say, okay, well, we need our own spies. We need counter spies. We mm-hmm. need to deal with this threat. We need to suss out anybody who is who we shouldn't trust, who's right. un- untrustworthy. Sorry. Yeah, yeah untrustworthy. Um, and I, I think that can look like kind of whatever you want it to look like. And I think it's going to be just a, almost a mirror image of every spy totally. idea that we've said so far. But... What are some ideas of how would you have counter spying? Like, is in like I'm thinking of like if you have magic, like you get into like the Magneto Juggernaut helmet of mm-hmm. like you can't 
get into my head if you if there's like a forceful magic uh spying going on mm-hmm. you you create a magical defense against that mm-hmm. if you get into loyalty tests you can really take that however you want like loyalty mm-hmm. tests are always great in fiction i don't know I'm, i i i don't really have any good ideas about how do you how do you make counter spying interesting other than just being the inverse of every other spy surgery surgery you like it's not necessarily you're not killing people that have too much information or that are aware of things but what if you're just forcefully lobotomizing them so you're saying okay so to clean up loose ends basically Mm -hmm. you're saying okay we have they're not dead yeah so alistair decides to leave the order he stops being a spy we are not okay with that we're gonna lobotomize him on the way out and he's not gonna know or it doesn't we even, just kill him at that point. Well, it, but what if he did know? What if he completely knew when he signed up for it? Mm. That like, yeah, you can quit at any time. Well, you, you're just going to get lobotomized beforehand. Well, you could also do slightly less draconian versions of just like, oh, they'll just mind wipe. Yeah, they just men in black yep. mind wipe. And you forget the entire past 15. You forget your entire experience here. Um all you know is that, like, like beforehand, you were, you wanted to do this thing, yep. and then it's kind of like you're basically told, "Yeah, you did this thing," but but and you, that's all that you know. That's all that you know. You is did it. Is you're that done for the Here's past twenty pension. years? You've been a spy, right? Uh, you left. We've removed all the memories of it, except for the fact that it happened, and everybody just kind of knows. Don't bother with the retired guys; they don't know anything. Yep, they've been wiped. But then you have the and one they also retired get guy. Surface protection for the rest of their life. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have the one retired guy that yeah. didn't get mind wiped, and he's going around starting a secondary network uh, to counter spy That's cool. the big spy network. That's cool. You get the one guy who slips through the cracks, and yep. he he capitalizes on it quite literally through capitalism, and he starts selling secrets, or he just mistrusts them. That's cool. And I and and, and it's like you move into the like, how did he sleep uh, slip through the cracks? Mm-hmm. It's a good question. It could be he forcefully did it, like through violence, or that somebody just completely forgot. Somebody it was like somebody's first Corporate day bureaucracy. Yeah, bureaucracy. They just accidentally marked that it was paperwork that he had been wiped and he hadn't mm-hmm. been, and or the person was so distracted on the day, messed up the spell, and the guy just pretended like it worked. Where am I? And 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 they're like, all right, he's done. And it's like, and he's in his mind going, oh, they they failed. I get to keep my memory. Crap. Yeah. I better I better play keep, dumb and get out. Keep, keep cool. Keep cool. Keep cool. Yeah, keep cool. And then gets out and then like in a few months starts his own rival organization. Yeah, I love it. That That's that's a good counter spy uh, narrative is you have the, the former spy taken down. They're mm-hmm. made, you know, it's like the Bourne movies are kind of oh, doing yeah. that, but that's like a darker and more blockbustery version of it. Yeah. And the Bourne movies are great. I love them so, so much. Cool. They're so good. Uh, especially if you want like badass spy moments, the Bourne movies I think are I've better. never been more scared of a pen in my life. Oh man, yeah, he's so deadly. Yeah, it's great. Oh. Anyway, I think my bowl's empty. So, so what stuck for you? I like the seeing stone. I like the mm-hmm. idea of environment spying, but I really like the idea of making like sculptures. Like you have like a, the, the bust of the former king is like made out of the seeing stone, and it's sitting in somebody's yeah. office or it's sitting in an art gallery wherever it may be and it is just there no one has any idea and they're just like a network of these like little statues that are being spies i think that's really cool that's cool um, nice it's it's the palantirs but they're uh one way and yeah no, and nobody knows yeah absolutely what's like for you 
Um, I really like the idea of a that you were saying about the the paparazzi mm. as as spies and how are you creating chaos to actually gather information and and have that disinformation element kind of built into it. Um, also, paparazzi, you know, are put a lot of stress on people. And yeah. so if you think about the way, like how some celebrities and people of interest have gotten violent with them because they, they're under they reveal so much themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, that kind of idea. You of, get blackmail on them too through that process of like you get under their skin and then they all of a sudden get violent and you're like, oh, well now if you don't, you got to give me something. You're not a pacifist. Yeah. If you, if you don't give me something, yeah. I'm going to let everybody know what just happened here. Yeah. I got it. I, I got photos. Yep. I, I, I kind of love that idea again of the, the, the chaotic spy. I think that's really, that's a really fun angle and different from what we typically see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's what stuck for us. Let us know what stuck for you. Thanks for listening. Bye.